Thanks for joining us on the Father's House podcast, where we are leading people into a growing relationship with Jesus. Want to learn more about us? Check us out online at thefathershouse.com. We'd love to stay connected. Now, let's go to this week's message. Hope you have your Bible with you. We're going to finish out this series today, Doors to Destiny. But if you have your Bible, your iPhone, or if you've got it all memorized in your head, let's make our confession today. Are you ready? This is my Bible. It is the Word of God. It is life to me. Today I receive the Word. I confess my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I am obedient, and I will never be the same again in Jesus' name. Amen. Father, we come to you, and we thank you for this great day. We thank you for this great nation that you allow us to live in. We thank you, Lord, that we are believers called to be light in the middle of a dark world. And Father, I pray today that you would anoint my words. Holy Spirit, I need you. I can do nothing without you. I confess my total dependency upon you today in the name of Jesus. Amen. Hey, there's a little handout in your notes of things that we need to do every day, regardless, not just at election time. Uh, And just be patient. Just be patient. Be a Christian, number one. a Democrat, a Republic, number two and three, or independent or whatever you are, all right? It's a time for us to let our light shine, and uh, it'll be a while before everything settles down completely, or it may be a long time before everything settles down completely. I don't know, but I know this. He still rules, and he still reigns, and he's called us to love one another, to care one for another. So I would encourage you to take a look at that seven things. Seven things I will do regardless of who wins. These are things we want to continue to do. I mean, we can never get away from 1 Timothy 2 and 2 to pray for those that are in authority, no matter who they are, all right? So let's finish up today as we look at doors to your destiny. Forrest Gump once said, life is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get, right? Some people say life is like a merry-go-round. There are the ups and downs, and you go round and round, and it seems like the same way. Some people say life is like a deck of cards. You just got to play those that you've been dealt with. Others say life is a dance or life is a battle. But here's what I believe, and I hope you believe this as we've been looking at this for the last seven weeks, that life is an assignment from God. That we have an assignment from God, that God has called each of you and those of you that are watching online, he's given you a destiny to fulfill. So let me rewind uh, to our second week that we started this, and I gave you my definition of destiny. It's long, but I think it says it the way that I would like to say it and like the way I feel like God is saying that we should say it. Would you read it with me? Destiny is the personalized life calling God has purposed and equipped you to fulfill in order to bring him the greatest glory and achieve the greatest growth of his kingdom. So in review, we said destiny is not a destination, it's a journey. I'm going to constantly be on a journey to my destiny. And there are many doors we talked about. We walked through those doors. And then we've had a memory verse, right? 
I hope you've been working on that memory verse. We every seven, every morning at 7.14 a.m. on the Father's House Facebook page, we get together and we have a morning devotion and we pray uh, with Unite 714 against this COVID and uh, for unity and for revival. And then we memorize our verse. So we gave you hand signals, right? I don't know how you're doing on that, but I thought today we probably should have a great theologian to come in and lead us in this. So when he leads us in this, would you just say it along with him? Here's uh, Reverend Levi. Watch. I see what you done. Now see what I done. I opened the door before you and no one can slam shut. You don't have so much strength. I know that you used what you had to keep me warm. You didn't deny me when times were rough. Lamination three eight. <laughs> That's the new book of the Bible, Laminations three and eight. You can look at that. Oh, that was great, wasn't it? Proverbs 20 and 24 says, it's the Lord who directs my life for each step I take or each door that I walk through is ordained by God and to bring you closer to your destiny. So much of your life then remains a mystery. Whatever that God has given you and me as our destiny, it's bigger than us, right? I mean, let's listen to Michael the other day talk about the destiny that God has in, in the area of helping people with their wellness and their wholeness and their spiritual life and, and, the, and the hundreds of thousands of people that in his goal to help make a difference in their life. And I thought, man, that's, that, that's bigger than he can do on his own. And when I began talking to some of you, I, I was hearing Travis the other day, one of our great police officers in town, talk about a dream, a vision that God has given him. And when he began to talk about that, I thought, man, that's bigger than Travis. And I think about Darla and how how God has given her the dream of going into schools and helping uh, teenagers and all of that. And it's bigger than what she's been able to claim. Listen, if your destiny doesn't cause a little throw up in your throat, it's not God. Right? If it doesn't make you a little nervous and bring a little bit of that throw up in your, in your heart, and I know that's kind of graphic, but I really believe that says it's got to be bigger than you. If you can pull it off by yourself, you're making it up, not God. Moses, remember Moses? God said, uh, God says to Moses, I want you to go, Mo, and I want you to talk to Pharaoh. I want you to tell him, let my people go. <laughs> Moses said, you gotta be out of your mind. There's just no way, I've blown it before, but God said, I'll be with you. And then look, there's Abraham. God says to him at age 100, he has no kids. And he says, I'm gonna make you the father of lots of kids. Excuse me, God, this is before Viagra. I'm 100. How's this going to happen? I mean, right? How's this going to happen? And then there's Esther. You know, I, hey, I want to use you to deliver Israel out of Persia. Huh? I haven't talked to the king in 30 days. What you're asking me to do is bigger than me. Don't waste your days. Acts 20 and 24 says, man, I love this verse. It's one of my theme verses of my life. Would you read it with me out loud? But my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned me by the Lord Jesus, the work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. Wow. 
So we all have destinies, and I want to introduce you to uh, one of my friends, Ryan Armstrong. He's going to come, and this is Ryan's family. He'll probably introduce them to you. Man, he's got a beautiful family, doesn't he? I can see, Ryan, you did like me. You married up. And so that's really great. Ryan, would you come and join me? Ryan is, uh, yeah, Ryan is, uh, he's pioneering uh, a new church in our community. He's been working on that. He has a great spiritual covering and, uh, and he's part of our pastor's meeting when we meet once a month. And I asked him to come and share the vision of the destiny that God has given him. And you'll see it's a lot bigger than he is. And then I want us to commit to praying and then we're going to do something special for him today. So welcome, Ryan. It's great to see you, man. appreciate you. We'll just hug. We hug. All right. All right. There you go. Yeah. God bless you. I just yes. want to honor uh, your pastors uh, in this house. Why don't we give them a round of applause? Um, anytime the Lord blesses his church with um, pastors and teachers who love him, it's always his grace in the life of that church. So that's a blessing. Uh, and just hearing his heart, getting to know him uh, the past um, uh, months and, and over the last year has been uh, definitely a blessing. So my name is Ryan Armstrong. As Pastor Terry just mentioned, my wife, Nicole, and I have uh, four children. Justice Grace is my daughter. She's 10. Josiah is seven. Noah is five. And little Micah there, he just turned one. And so um, they are definitely my first uh, ministry and first calling. And um, God is definitely, yes, uh, bless me to marry up. Amen. She's my, um, my, my top model. Amen. So, um, yeah, we've been living here in uh, Leesburg since the end of 2015. I am uh, originally born in Fort Worth, Texas, raised in... Okay, we got Fort Worth in the house. All right. Born in Fort Worth, raised in Syracuse, New York, and Miami, Florida for the majority of my life. Um, my um, dad was in uh, pastoral ministry, and so I grew up a PK um, around the church my whole life, came to faith at an early age, and um, always, you know, kind of felt that the Lord was going to use me to um, uh, in ministry of some capacity. But my biggest thing was I, I, I just wanted to play football. So uh, I was... Um, in high school, my senior year, and all of a sudden, um, I'm thinking I'm going to go ahead and get a scholarship to the greatest football team ever, the University of Miami, and um, that must be the Gators in the nose somewhere. But uh, I was thinking the Lord was going to um, take me to college and, and, and play football and then go on to the NFL, you know, every kid's, every athlete's dream. And um, what happened was we went 0-10, which means we didn't win one game my senior year. I didn't have any scholarships. And it was almost like God just stripped my idol away from me. And it was in that season that the Lord really got a hold of my heart and my mind and my focus. And he put me on a path towards ministry. And so ended up graduating from Washington Baptist University in Arkadelphia, Arkansas, of all places. I left to go there 17 hours from home, not knowing I was accepted in the school, going on faith. And the whole time my acceptance letter was on my parents' dresser unopened. And this was back in uh, 2006. I'll fast forward. So um, we get to Leesburg. Let me just say, <laughs> let me just say, I didn't know anything about Leesburg. Uh, we just could afford to buy a home here. And so we did, and as a result of that, 
Um, it was over time the Lord put a burden on, our, on our, me and my wife's heart for this city. And um, he has given us a, 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 a vision to uh, plant a gospel-centered, multi-ethnic, micro-church movement. So you may be wondering what, what in the world that is. So I'll start first. Gospel-centered. We do not uh, waver on the gospel. We do everything uh, for Jesus' glory and to his glory. And we won't, we, won't, we won't waver in that. So if you're expecting us to preach anything other than Christ, uh, we'll be the wrong place. Um, multi-ethnic. We are intentionally pursuing ethnic diversity in our church. Um, I have a heart for seeing God bring people who uh, would otherwise not be together together. And this is the power of the gospel. We find in Ephesians 2 that Paul says that Christ has broken down in himself the dividing wall of hostility. And basically that means that um, we can now be reunited with God the Father and with one another. And so my heart is to see uh, people from all uh, ethnicities, cultures, and backgrounds come together uh, because I believe that the world should be able to look at the church and see something different. And, um, you know, that's my heart and that's my passion. Microchurch movement. And this is basically um, a, a, a non-traditional type way of planting a church. And basically a microchurch is... Uh, the ba most basic form of the church, um, uh, made up by three uh, intentional practices, worship, community, and mission. So anywhere you have a group of people practicing worship, community, and mission, you can have a church. And so our desire is to see churches, uh, micro churches, spring up all throughout this city, this county, and beyond. And uh, we want to start in homes. We want to be in coffee shops. We want to be in the mall. We want to be in the park. Uh, we just want God to saturate this city with his presence. And so we desire to uh, see, amen, we desire to see a tangible expression of God's manifested presence, as our vision says, where the people are. And so it's our desire that uh, what we will uh, do is we will operate uh, hosting micro church gatherings. And these micro churches um, will be done three times a month in a macro gathering, which will be an assembly like, you know, a, a, a big gathering uh, every month. And so um, we'll have that rotation. And, and we look to actually in those micro gatherings um, do those at different places all around the city every single month. So we'll have a rotation, being able to take the church to the people as opposed to expecting the people to come to the church. And so um, we just are really stepping out on faith. Listen, this is not something that I've ever been accustomed to, and I think that's often how God does things. The reality of the matter is, um, Proverbs 16 and 8 says, in his heart a man plans his way, but the Lord determines his steps. So I had my own plans. I had my own idea of what ministry would look like for me, for my family. Um, however, God had other plans. And so in this season uh, where we are in our um, history as uh, a world, specifically uh, when it comes to uh, the expression of the church, um, I just think that uh, God is going to use more than one way to accomplish his purposes in the world. So um, that's what we're doing. We are the Remnant Church, and um, uh, we will uh, most definitely look to launch uh, on January 3rd of the new year. So, yeah.
second. Wow. How many of you will commit to say, you know what, Ryan, we're going to pray for you and Remnant Church. Would you do that? You say, I, I want you to hear somebody has a destiny. And you know, here at the Father's house, we all love to uh, see how we can help other churches, right? And because of your faithfulness and giving, we're going to sow a gift into Remnant Church of $5,000. Wow, man. God bless you. Thank you so much. You're welcome. You're welcome. You're welcome. You're welcome. You're welcome. You may be seated. You can sit down. Wow. So we're going to pray. We're going to believe that God uses him. I mean, you know, we have life groups, small groups. We try to do part of the same thing. But uh, 25 years ago when I came here, I had a pastor meet with me. And I told you that last week. His encouraging words to me was that we don't need you in this town. Uh, we got enough churches. So when I heard uh, Ryan's uh, heart and I saw his spiritual covering and knowing his uh, vision and the dream, I thought we want to be in on that. We want to be in on that. Only heaven will, and it's because of your faithfulness we're able to do that. So I want to finish this series on the least likely. Uh, we talked about not the least likely. Last week, I started teaching on the least likely. And uh, so many people were excited about that thought last week of God, how that God chooses often the unchosable or somebody that's at the back of the line and uh, somebody that nobody else would choose. And so we talked about how that God chooses the least likely. And we had such an interest in that, that we've decided in February, we're going to do a whole series called the league of the least likely. And we're going to have t-shirts. We'll have mugs. We'll do all of that. And we'll look at Bible characters in the Bible, uh, that, that are just beyond what you would ever choose. Okay. So let me wrap it up. Last week, we talked about what are the characteristics of the least likely that God uses. And we said, first one is that they're obedient and willing. They're obedient and willing, obedient and willing. I shared with you when God called me here, uh, I wasn't the first choice to do what he's going to do here, but he said, you're a willing that's a great testimony. You're not number one, number two, but you're willing. And you know, it really doesn't matter. It doesn't matter where you fit, but when you get to heaven and he says, well done, you did what I asked you to do. And then we said that we have to remain faithful, responsible, and courageous, right? And then we said, number three, we need to stay flexible, ready, and available. God may change things. And then we said, number four, we've got to be careful that we don't let dream killers stop you. In life group this week, we had one of our uh, people in our group that say, you know what? Years ago, I had a dream of starting a business and this was going to be the business. And I shared it with someone that's not a dreamer. And the person looked at me and said, ah, that'll never work. That'll never work here. And she said, because of the way she said it, I just accepted that it would never work. And I never thought about it again until you brought it up the other day. So you got to be careful when you share your dream that you share it with somebody that's a dreamer, all right? And not somebody that's just gone to sleep and they're not wanting to change. So today I want to wrap it all up. Here's my one point today. This is not a pointless teaching, but it's one point today. And here it is. Are you ready? Be a finisher. Don't quit. And you say that with me, be a finisher, don't quit. Those of you that are online, why don't you just uh, put that in there right now? I will be a finisher, I'm not going to quit. When I read Acts 13 and 36, it so motivates me. Look at this. For David 
after he had served the purpose of God in his own generation, he fell asleep and was laid with his fathers and saw corruption. In other words, you know, his body deteriorated. After he had served the purpose, served the purpose. So that's all that God is asking me and you to do is to serve the purpose that he has created for us, that we should know our gifts. And that's another reason you should go to growth track. But it calls in growth track, they help you to discover what are your spiritual gifts? Uh, what is the passion that God has given you? And then you wanna figure out how that fits into his kingdom. In life, here's what I'm going to encourage us all to do, to be finishers. Jesus said, it is finished. It's done. Paul said, I have finished my course. I love what Coach Lombardi said. This is a great quote. Winning is a habit. Unfortunately, so is losing, right? I want to win for Jesus and not lose. I, I want to be a finisher. Finish what you started. Some of you started in school and you quit. Some of you started with an idea to start a business and you quit. Some of you started serving God and volunteering and you quit. Some of you started tithing and things got tough and you quit. Be a finisher. How many of you are parents or grandparents? Would you raise your hand? Please listen to what I'm getting ready to say to you. It's going to change our world. Will you please insist that what your kids start, they finish? Don't let them start soccer and then it gets tough and I don't wanna go, it's a wrong day. And you say, that's all right, honey, we'll just let you quit. We have too many quitters and it shows up later. They quit in their marriage, they quit on life, they quit on God. No, listen, parents, if, you, if a kid signs up for something, let them finish that. Don't just start and let them drop off because what, how you disciple them will end up affecting their marriage, feel like everything else. There, there's a, a true story. There's a resort in the Alps that caters to businesses. And they fly in business employees from all around the world and they, and they help teams build a good team spirit. They meet at the bottom of the mountain and they get a pep talk. And uh, everybody's excited and they show them pictures of what it's like on the top of the mountain, the pictures they're going to take. So they take off. About halfway up at a place where they stop is a beautiful little alpine restaurant. And they stop there, they take off their gear, they take off their boots, they take all the hiking gear off, and they go in, they have a nice meal, they have a warm cup of coffee, they sit by a fire and uh, talk about the journey that's ahead of them. But it's interesting, true story, that after they're well-fed and comfortable, less than 50% continue the journey to the top of the mountain. It's not that it's too difficult or that they can't do it, but they've become satisfied with halfway. I don't want to get halfway and satisfy, do you? I don't want to get partial away and satisfy. Several years ago, uh, my daughter, uh, uh, Kelly, who was living in Nashville, said, let's do a father-daughter half marathon. That, that sounds like going for a proctology uh, exam to me. But I thought, well, yeah, you only live once, so let me do that. So I started training for a half marathon. 
And uh, when it almost was like two weeks out, Kelly got real sick and she said, I can't finish, so I'll let you off the hook. I said, you gotta be out of your freaking mind. I've already worked hard at this and there ain't no way. I- I'm, gonna, I'm gonna finish. It's uh, the Nashville musical thing, man. I mean, there's bands everywhere and I'm gonna show up and I've been training, I'm, I'm gonna do this. So that's at the beginning. <laughs> Halfway through, as I'm being passed by people that are this wider than me and going faster, I'm thinking, you loser. You know, you're, you're, and my feet are blistering. You know, I had the wrong socks and a lot of those things that I should have done better. And, and, and I see an emergency ambulance over on the side. I'm telling you, what I'm telling you now is God's truth. I thought to myself, I'm going to fake passing out. That's my thought. I'm going to fake. That way I'm not giving up. I'm just going to fake passing out. And when they come over, they'll revive me and they'll feel sorry for me and they'll take me away and I won't have to finish. And I thought about that for like two or three (laughs) seconds. And then here's what I thought. I would never be able to live that down for the rest of my life. I'd rather just quit than to quit with an excuse. You ever meet people that quit with an excuse? So I went ahead and finished. Those of you that were here at the church at that time, I did a live feed from there at the end, and I showed you my grotesque feet that were bloody and beaten, but I finished. I finished. And uh, partway through, you know, my little granddaughter, I don't know, she's probably five or so at that time, running alongside of me on the street, looking up and yelling. I've still got the picture. Come on, Poppy, come on, come on, you can do it. And Nita came out there and she fell down. uh, And I think (laughs) she she didn't see the hole. But I'm saying this. I know I'm going to pay for that later today. (laughs) I'm going to pay for that later today. I'm in deep yogurt. You're right. But I'll just say this. That was one of four half marathons that we finished. And uh, I look back at that and I think, that was stupid, but I did it. And I I can say that. I I still got the t-shirt. I got the Disney t-shirt. I ran half marathon. We're, we're, We're purging. And Anita's got stuff all the way back from high school in her closet or used to, but she's breaking away, Brenda. She's getting rid of, get rid of some of those. But I still got my half marathon t-shirts because I know I'll probably never do that again in life. Now, I said I'd do one more with my girls if they want to do it. I would do the Vegas. And Pastor Ben and I will go there and we'll watch the Raiders. And then I'll do the Vegas night half marathon because that'll be great. So you just pray that the Lord would help me. But here's what I want to say. We want to finish what God has laid out for us to finish. Do you remember last week I talked to you about Samuel showed up and to anoint the next king and he looked at the seven sons of Jesse and none of those were the ones that God wanted. And in 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 11, and Samuel said to Jesse, are all the young men here? Then he said, there remains the youngest and there he is keeping the sheep. And Samuel said to Jesse, Send and bring him. Look at this next line. For we will not sit down till he comes here. Here is the anointing group that's going to anoint the next king. 
And Samuel says to Jesse, we're going to put everything on hold until God's anointed shows up to the one that God has purposed to show up. I wonder how long they had to stand. I wonder how upset his brothers got or how long it took him to get there. But here's the question I want to ask you. Who's waiting on you? Who is it that's waiting on you? Who is it that, or where is it that God has called you to serve or to fulfill your purpose or destiny? And people, a job, a city, a church is waiting for you to show up. I mean, we, we need to trust him, right? I hear excuses all the time. Well, you know, I would do that. I would volunteer, but, you know, this COVID, I got an education, you know, I've got this and I've got to do something else. I, I, I'm just reminded of this. Excuses are the crutches of the uncommitted. Excuses are the crutches of the uncommitted. So maybe today you feel useless and you feel insignificant. Maybe you feel overlooked. Maybe you feel like less than likely that anybody that would use you. But here's what I'm going to say. Stop giving an excuse of why not and start saying, okay, God, if you want to use me, that's good. What about Moses? Moses could have said to God, I can't speak. I'm a, I'm a bad speaker. I'm a stutterer. Send my brother. Esther could have said, I'm just a Jewish orphan girl living in Babylonian captivity. Rahab could have said, I'm not qualified. I'm just a lap dancer, a high dollar escort in Jericho. Amos could have said, I'm, a, I'm not a prophet. I'm a farmer. I'm a, I'm a farmer. Elijah could have said, I'm nothing but a Tishbite, meaning a mountain man. I'm a country redneck, is really what he was saying. Elisha said, could have said, are you kidding me? Do you smell me? I've been walking behind a team of oxen all these days, plowing the field for my dad. How could God use somebody smelly like me? Zacchaeus could have given the excuse and say, I'm an extortioner up a tree. Paul could have said, I persecuted the church and imprisoned Christians and killed them. Timothy, listen to this. Timothy could have said, my mother's Jewish. My dad is Greek. So I'm a half-breed. The church doesn't have a place for anybody that's a half-breed. And today, at the end of this series, Doors to Destiny, I would love, I'd love for you to ask God, God, where is it that you have me to fulfill? Don't give an excuse. Well, I'm unworthy. I'm useless. I've got a bad past. Don't settle for less than God has for you. Would you bow your head this morning? Those of you that are watching online, would you also bow your head with me this morning? Maybe you're here today and you say, you know what? I really believe that God is calling me to do something that I've never started. But today, with the Lord's help, I'm going to start putting some of those dreams and some of those visions. I'm going to take baby steps and to do those. Maybe you say, well, it's it seems insignificant, Terry, what I feel like God wants me to do compared to what uh, Ryan is doing. Well, God didn't ask you to be Ryan. He's not holding you accountable for Ryan's vision. He's holding you accountable for will you fulfill the vision he's given you. So today, in all honesty, if you'd say, you know, I believe there's something that God wants me to do. And I'd like for you to pray for me today because I want to complete that. I, I, I want to finish and I want to finish strong. If that's you, would you just raise your hand right now and make eye contact with me? Thank you. Wow, hands going up all over. Wow, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you this morning. Thank you. And those of you that are watching online, thank you. Thank you. 
Now just imagine if we take a baby step this week and start talking about that. Find somebody who's a dreamer and share that with them and ask them to give you some prayer help. Can you imagine what we could do in our community, what we could do in the world if we step out of what God wants us to do? And I'm going to pray for you right now. Father, I pray for those that raise their hands. You've given them a glimpse. You've given them a little idea of what you want to do in their life. And I pray this week they'll take the baby steps to make that happen. And I pray, Lord, that they'll find somebody else who's a dreamer and share that dream with them. Maybe it's beyond anything they could ever imagine. Or maybe it seems very small, but to you, Lord, it's a big thing. Maybe you're calling somebody to rock babies next door in our learning center. And that just seemed, well, what could rocking a baby? What could it be rocking a baby? Maybe that comes from a home that's broken and never feels much love. But you can rock that baby and pray over that baby and speak destiny and purpose in that baby. And one of these days that baby grows up and God uses that baby as a missionary somewhere to reach hundreds of thousands to the Lord. And when you get to heaven, that little baby might say to you, you didn't see it. But you spoke into my destiny, into my heart when I was just a child. We want to find that place and we want to serve God. Maybe you're here today and you would say, but Terry, you know, I got to be honest. I don't even know Jesus. I know about him. I mean, I live in America. I should know about him. But I've never, I've never surrendered my life to Jesus. I'm trying to do good. But you know what? With all that we can do and trying to be good, we can never get good enough. And God knew that. And he wanted you to be in his forever home. And so God sent his son, Jesus, a sinless man, to take on your sins and my sins. And he went to the cross. He paid my penalty and your penalty for my sins. Somebody has to pay for sins. Somebody has to pay for sins that separate. But I'm choosing today, I want Jesus. I want what he's done to pay for my sins. I don't have to pay for my own sins. So today, if you're here and the Holy Spirit is drawing you and he's speaking to you, he's wooing you right now, or those of you that are watching online, and Jesus is saying, today's the day. And here's what he's saying. Let me forgive you of your past, forgive you of your sins. Let me give you a purpose for living. And let me give you an eternity on the new heaven and the new earth, fulfilling everything that you've been called to do. If you're here today or you're watching online, you say, Terry, would you include me in that prayer today? I really want to invite Jesus into my heart and into my life. I want to know him. I want to know him. I want to know his forgiveness of my sins. I want to know what it's like to have a real purpose for living. If that's you, would you raise your hand and make eye contact with me right now and say, yeah, that's me. Pray for me today, Terry. Pray for me. I want to do that today. Thank you. Those of you that are watching online, just raise your hand right there and you say, I, I, that's kind of silly. No, Jesus sees that and I'm going to lead you in prayer. Others today say, yeah, that's me. That's me. Thank you in the back. Thank you. Others today. Yeah, that's me. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Let me lead you in a prayer. Would you pray this prayer with me? Nobody should ever have to pray this prayer alone. Pray this with me. Father God, thank you for sending your son, Jesus to die for my sins and today I accept the finished work of Jesus Jesus I ask you to forgive me of my sins give me a purpose for living and give me the future to living with you fill me with your spirit as best as I know how I'm going to serve you all the days of my life wow isn't that going to be awesome 
Isn't that going to be wonderful? Would you give the Lord a hand clap for those who prayed that prayer? It's our honor to play a small part in all that God is doing in your life. We would love to continue with you on that journey. To find out what your next steps might be, visit thefathershouse.com slash next. Join us next week as we continue to love God, help people, and build the kingdom.